Hey everybody, this is Jacob, one of the co-hosts on the Back to Back Films podcast. I'd like to take this moment to talk to you guys about Film is Truth, a video rental store in Bellingham, Washington. I had a hard time finding a movie that I was supposed to watch for a class. Uh, The movie was a celebration. It wasn't on any of the video streaming services or on DVD.com. But they had it at Film is Truth, and they had a wonderful staff that helped me find the movie and others that I wanted to watch. It's located in the Terra Organica market, so you can get your films and your groceries in one go. So give them a shot and enjoy the show. Back Films Podcast. This week we're talking Asian cinema with the two films Hero and Hard Boiled. As always, I recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing for listening to the episode. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And I'm Jake. Alright, dudes. Any, uh, any updates? How you guys doing? Gosh, yeah. Nothing, uh, <laughs> no updates for me. <laughs> Yeah, same. Uh, just a really busy week for me. Um, just been working my ass off. It's so. nice to have the work, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really great. Uh, it, it's one of those things where it's like, when I don't have work, I'm like, man, I need some work. But when I have this much work, it's like, man, I wish I didn't have any work. <laughs> you know? Grass is, grass is always greener, I think. But yeah, it's good because like, I got to pay taxes, uh, you know. Oh taxes. man, taxes. Uh, oh my god. So it's just it seemed like we excited. just did those, you know? I know, yeah. Like, well fuck. I have to do those quarterly for the oh. business anyway, so which sucks. You have to do quarterly taxes? Why? They that's what they set me up as is quarterly. When I called that, them and talked to them, they were like, Oh, we gotta establish a pattern for you, so we need you to file like fairly often. Oh shit. No. No, you can do annual. I they, literally called them and asked them about that. I mean, unless you're making, like, a, an ass load of money, like, 500000 like, a year. Yeah, right. It, then then there's no reason for you to do it. Or maybe it's two hundred. I think... Like 200000 then you have to make quarterly. And, and if you're making 200000 you probably wouldn't be hanging out with God, us. God, I wish. Um, I think... He's, only, he's making 198000 Yeah, he's so close. <laughs> I think, um... Since I've been around for like over a year now, like established with the license and everything, it'll, I could probably call them again and get it changed to annual because it doesn't make a lot of sense to do. I mean, I no. I don't think it makes it's, sense to do quarterly, but it doesn't um, make sense to do quarterly when yeah. you only make as much as like a one single freelancer will make. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. I, I do annual too. Yeah, and I just called them and was like, "Hey, I don't want to do quarterly," and they were like, "Well, you can do annual. You make less than this," and I said, "Sure." Did you call the Seattle uh, thing? Well, it's I'm part of Bellingham and Washington, so yeah. I I don't or remember. I think I called Washington. Yeah, yeah. I think I called Washington. Yeah, you should be both are to. both are quarterly though, because you get this file for Bellingham and you get the file for um, Washington. Oh, at least I have yeah, to. That's, that's 
That's weird. Yeah, I, I don't. I just do the yearly one. Yeah, I'm going to get a change for sure. It doesn't make any sense to, to do it's that. It's like so much extra work. Like, why would you have to... Why would they force you to do that? I know. For how much money they're getting out of it. Well, yeah, <laughs> none. Stupid. They're actually getting none since I don't even make it over the threshold yet. So. Well, yeah, so we like, still have to do it quarterly. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. Yeah, um, it's the last company I worked for, though, I found out that they have to file monthly. Oh, shit. Yeah, because they are... Cause, well, I, when I looked at their projected value or worth of the company a while, and I don't know how accurate this number is in terms of how recent that number was, but right. that number said at $145 million is what they were worth, so I guess Whoa. I guess they have to file Fuck. monthly because they're dealing with millions of dollars every month. But, Damn, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense, though. Like, it should be based on the amount. It is, you know? usually, yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. yeah. That's why they have full-on tax departments as part of their accounting. Like, big companies will have just tax group or tax team or whatever as part of their accounting group. I think you know? Trump should do it daily. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Or at least tell people he's doing it daily. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get too political here, but the, that, that there's something happening where there's like some leaks coming out that basically he was saying like... He, they have him saying his, his the values of all his properties are essentially less than like what the a middle class family would would what they what the value of like a middle class family assets are like like I don't know how to explain this like his properties are worth less than perceived essentially uh, like less than what an average family would have in value of their assets his are worth less than that so like he's basically uh, okay. talk, he's basically <laughs> A house of cards, like yeah. literally, like yeah. it's all just fluff, and wow. he's got essentially nothing to his name. He just claims wow. that he's, wow. and they the, apparently the whole billionaire thing, like not even close to that, wow, like at all. So, I, yeah. it seems like. I, do you think maybe he's like in tremendous debt? Oh yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what I always I always thought that he'd be just in a huge amount of debt. He's in you know? he's in nine figures of debt easily. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know how you ever oh. get to that, but man, he uh-oh. and he waved buying cards. and he waved the uh, the salary for being president. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh God. stupid salary. You can you can as a president, I think in theory, waive the. You can, yeah, so he doesn't get like the two hundred k or whatever it is a year. Yeah, presidents have it. There's like a presidential. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. It's like 200 k. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not very much. It's not a lot. Yeah. Well, it well, is yeah, a lot. I, I mean, it's a lot. But like, I know you could. I didn't know you could leave it. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I guess it makes sense. You're in charge, and you I can do whatever you want. I think Obama waved it too, right? I don't remember honestly. Or Bush did. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, you know, Trump keeps going and playing golf every weekend at his own golf places. So, which how much money does he make off of that? Probably, probably a lot. Well, we we pay. Uh, they, it costs twenty. It costs like some millions per trip. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, which he might almost be done paying off his debt. Maybe in the next year. <laughs> He keeps going golfing every weekend. He's never not going to have debt because he's like he's money laundering for Russians. But anyway, <laughs> anyway I don't want to get too too involved. We're not in trying that. to get too um, political. Sorry, we political just watched here. Ozark, so now the money laundering <laughs> is kind of. Like, we respect all people. Have you guys seen Ozark Trump. yet? I haven't, but it, it's intriguing. 
really, I, I really want to see it. It was that's the Jason Bateman he, show, right? Yeah, and it's bizarre yeah. having him in that because I got so used to his like comedy. Yeah, yeah, um, and he doesn't. He's still Jason Bateman. Like, he's still got that way of him, even when he's in this drama. Uh, but I started to realize, you start to realize really quickly, like, okay, now I see why you're getting the acclaim you're getting, because he's really good at uh, it. Oh, like, sweet. I got to check it out. He's really solid in it. Um, the trailers looked pretty cool for the show. Like, the, I just like the atmosphere, kind of like... It's pretty interesting. Like, just a, kind of a David Lynchian winter's bone, almost. Yeah. Kind of. super like, bizarre, and he directs some of the episodes. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, he's the... Is he the showrunner? He's definitely the executive, one of the executive producers. Oh, cool. I don't know if he created it. I don't think he created it. No, he didn't create it. Um, that was Bill Dubeku and Mark Williams. Okay. Huh. And then there was some, there was a another director's name that popped up that I was like, huh, I don't know if she directed it. It was a woman. Oh, it's cool. I was like, oh, I didn't know she directed this. Um, also, know, yeah. What the hell did we just watch? Where? Oh, Black Mirror. Uh, Ellen Harris. Oh. Yeah, Black. Uh, oh man, Black Mirror, so good. Is it? She directed episodes seven and eight. Uh no. Oh maybe. No wait. There's. That's the only female director, unless. Oh maybe I'm wrong then. Is a female. Maybe I'm wrong then. Um, but uh. Oh, she did Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, she's a... Looks like she's a cinematographer. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because I thought yeah. Eternal Sunshine was... Uh, is that Michelle Gondry? I think that might be Michelle Gondry, yeah. Yeah. So she's a cinematographer and then made it her way to directing. Anyway, so in Black Mirror, um, the second episode of the newest season is directed by Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a trip. And then, like, oh, uh, yeah. David Slane directed the black and white episode. Uh, and he directed um, uh, the Ellen Page movie uh, Hard Candy. Oh, he also directed wow. the first Twilight movie. And he direct he's directed a couple um, episodes of some... You know, pretty big nice. TV shows. Um, Tim Van wasn't, wasn't the first Twilight movie directed by a woman. Uh, I don't believe so. I think it. Oh. I think I believe it was David Slane. Yeah. And then I think the other ones might have been directed by a couple different people, and one of which might have been a woman. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Dude, it's uh, first Twilight is Catherine Hardwick. Oh man, I fucked that up. Well, it was must have been the second one then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's see. Yeah, because I was like, I could have sworn. Joe Wright, you should you know the director Joe Wright? Yeah, right? Joe Wright. He did a dark and uh, and Darkest Atone Hour and a, yeah, and Atonement. Atonement. He yeah. did an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, they've oh, cool. they've gotten some good directors. Dan um, Trachtenberg and Tim Van Patten, right? Tim Van Patten, he's in the new season. Yeah, he yeah, because he's directed Boardwalk Empire, Sopranos. He's directed um, Game a of whole Thrones. bunch of yeah. yeah. He's a big, he's, big time uh, TV yeah. director, big boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dan Trachtenberg, he's the one who did Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, um, man, it, I love Black Mirror. My favorite, <clears throat> like you know. 
anthology TV show by far. It's pretty yeah, gnarly, sure. man. It's pretty gnarly. I uh, I still haven't watched it. I gotta I gotta get on that. It's so good. It's like it, it totally seems up my alley too. It is, man. Like yeah, the it's yeah, man. I really enjoyed the last episode of this season too. I mean, all the episodes I really enjoyed them all, but uh, the last episode I especially liked. But like every episode is so good. It's like the modern day Twilight Zone. But speaking of Twilight Zone, Jordan Peele is set to helm a revamp of uh, the Twilight Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, I'm glad he yeah. broke through the barrier with a out of comedy and out yeah. of like TV to to get into horror because. I mean, how many? I still haven't seen it, so no spoiler. I haven't seen either, but oh, Get Out! Uh, I haven't seen Get Out. Oh, you guys will love Get Out. Um, get out. I keep meaning to, it. but it's just. But anyway, like, there's not a lot of like black horror directors, like. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, so like to have you know having. Well, there's not enough the black directors. I mean, that too. The only one that the only ones that get, get that have been in you know that people know are really like Denzel Washington has directed a few films, um, Antoine Fuqua who directed you know. Training Day, King Arthur, Brooklyn's Finest, um, The Equalizer, the and then just did Moonlight. Barry Jenkins, and then Barry Jenkins who did oh, Moonlight. Barry. I mean, those are the three that people like. Kind of are the ones uh, that people really talk about. But who's the director who like hates Tarantino? Oh, and Spike oh, Lee. Spike yeah, Lee. yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, true. We forget about. Spike well, it's Lee. funny because like, but no, but he hasn't done anything that has kind of garnered any attention lately. You know, he I think the last thing he did boy. was like for Chirac. I think Chirac yeah. or Chirac. He didn't. He do Old Boy. No. He, yeah, he did do a he version of Old Boy, which I actually really liked. But oh, okay. Because it was a. a, a uh, uh, one of those, you know, let's redo a foreign film into an American film. You know, the critics just they hated it. You know, <laughs> but it wasn't it's bad. That he would do that. I know. It's it, like it's kind of like Inside Man, where it doesn't really seem like you know, quote a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so here's just a quick list. This is a Google list here. Um, Spike Lee, Ava DuVernay, DuVernay, uh, John oh, okay. Singleton, Gina Prince by the Wood. Her last name is or Bithwood. It literally just said it looks like by, by the, the Wood. wood. <laughs> Gina Prince Bithwood, Denzel Washington, F. Gary Gray. He did oh, okay. the most recent. Yeah, uh, straight Fast out of Compton, Tyler yeah. Perry. Um, oh, Tyler Perry. Yeah, of course. But that's just a that's a Ryan Coogler. He did. Um, he's the one who just did uh, the fucking box uh, Creed. Oh, okay. Right? And he and he's doing a back Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. He did Creed. Oh. I'm pretty. Yeah. Creed Black Panther. Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale Station. Oh, I, I really nice want to see that. I still have to see that. Yeah, yeah that looks. So I've good. never even heard of that. Huh. It has uh, this the guy that plays. I think the villain in Black Panther. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael. He's he plays in the uh, in Creed, right? Michael. Jordan. I still never saw Michael Creed J. Either, Jordan. So. B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. That's Jordan, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like that guy. Yeah, he's that he's a great. Good actor. Yeah. He was like the only part of the new Fantastic Four that. I thought was nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. Everything else was just—I mean, the whole movie is just a mess. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Dude, oh, I, okay, so John Singleton—he did Boys in the Hood. Oh, okay. And he did Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. Uh, Four Brothers. Four, oh, yeah, Four Brothers was yeah, pretty yeah. good. So yeah, he's he's uh, done some stuff. Too Fast, Too Furious is interesting. 
interesting little diversion yeah diversion from the the rest of the series um then Ava DuVernay she did Selma 13th uh Recall oh. in Time I think oh, oh wow yeah that's cool the lady who did uh, Mudbound have you guys seen Mudbound on Netflix no. uh, that was pretty good too uh um Mary J. Blige uh, has a role in it, and she does a really good job. Like, you don't see her as Mary J. Blythe, you know? Oh, like, I would have thought that, you know, because you guys are... I am, I'm not sure who that is. Who is that? Oh, Mary J. Blige, man. She's like yeah. a the famous... R&B yeah, singer. R&B singer. Uh, yeah. Slash rapper. She does some rap and stuff, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, she's... She, you, oh. If you played some of her songs, you'd recognize them, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. Pro- they're, they're, like, on the radio and... Oh, yeah. Like, uh, especially her earlier work um like when we were in middle school or high school um she had some big hits that were you know that were really big that i guaranteed were played at dances and assemblies and stuff <laughs> but uh but she's still performing but yeah she, her, her performance in mudbound is really good but it was that film is kind of cool because it's directed by a african-american woman the cinematographer is a woman um and it is just like D. Rees. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. it's just a it's it's a really well done film, and it, like it's kind of cool that not only is it have like minorities, you know, creating the film, but uh, you know, like minorities not just in race but in in gender too. So it's pretty cool to see nice. that Netflix is yeah, pretty, Netflix is doing like a super good job with just really pulling up all sorts of different types of you know movies whether it's stand-up comedy specials or science fiction or dramas yeah, just, or tv they shows at least a special stand-up special what they uh, i think it's, i don't know if he's mexican or if he's spanish or or what sounds like latino i guess uh but the the specials in Spanish, he's like a oh cool, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. How you know besides crappy like Carlos Mencia type people? <laughs> like how many like you know Mexican or Latino stand up specials do you see? Really? Yeah, for sure. Run, so. Especially sp- right. spoken in yeah. their language, Spanish, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, no, but they're doing that. They're they're doing that because I mean, target your audience. Why not? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there's a huge, huge. I mean, like just telenovelas uh, it's themselves. The millions yeah. of people that watch those. I mean, Netflix is smart into tapping what we could maybe call niche, but there's it's a big niche, <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, it's it's because they're not focused on like getting mass audiences. They're focused on getting just a larger variety of people to continue subscribing to their service. Yeah. So, like, the goal is different, so it encourages, like, a wider variety of types of stuff, because they, they're trying to reach out to the people who normally wouldn't get Netflix account, accounts. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Yeah, exactly. That actually kind of ties into what I kind of was thinking about these two films, Hero and Hardboiled, too. Nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> segue. You should be the same <laughs> No, it was just for this one time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one time segue. Uh, yeah, one so segue. Yeah. this week is my choice for films, um, and I chose two Hashtag Asians. My <laughs> Hashtag my choice. There you go. <laughs> we, need, we need to start that shit. Hashtag my choice. Um, 
And we're talking two Asian films because we haven't really touched on too many. We, like you said, we touched on Yojimbo, but I yeah, sure. can't think of another one. I mean, the closest we got was Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah. Duh, yeah, the anime. Yeah, that, counts. The that counts. Yeah. Um, that is. Yeah. And then the uh, dollars. Move. Yeah, <laughs> Yojimbo, yeah. Yojimbo, yeah. Yojimbo 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> we almost did Yo- the second Yojimbo. Sanjuro. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Was, Sanjuro, when I was yeah. trying to figure out which movies to do, yeah, Sanjuro was was on the list as well. Um, yeah, because you were thinking about Sanjuro and Lady Samurai, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah. That, which is a great pairing. We should do that at some point. Yeah, we really should talk. Lady Samurai is super, super interesting, so we should talk about that one. Yeah. Uh, no, because then we did one jumped into Tarantino, and then we did horror, peplum, reefer madness. For some reason, we did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put your opinions away. This isn't a, a bias, bias-free podcast. False. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so. God damn it! We're, we started a whole new thing now. I hope so. <laughs> it's happen. So, so yeah. So it's nice to kind of you know kind of talk about it specifically because you know Asian cinema is super has been has been super influential yeah. uh, in cinema history across the years. So uh, our first film is Hard Boiled, released in 1992. Uh, um, a tough as nails cop teams up with an undercover agent. To <laughs> I was typing this what? too fast. I was typing my like script thing out too fast, and I didn't uh, check it. So it says, "A tough as nails cop teams up with an undercover agent to shit down a sinister monster in his crew to shut down to shut down a sinister monster in his crew." Hardwell was written by Barry Wong and directed by John Woo. It stars Chow Yun Fat, Tony. Chai Wei Lung 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 Tony Chai Wei Lung Teresa Mo Teresa Mo and Anthony Chow Sang Wong. Uh, the second film is Hero, released in 2002. Uh, well. In Ch- in China, yeah. it was released in 2002. In America, it was released in 2004. Uh, and we can kind of get into that a little bit because I think it's kind of interesting how, how that movie played out. Um, a defense officer, Nameless, was summoned by the King of Quinn regarding his success of terminating three warriors. Um, Hero was written by Fang Li's Zhang Mu and Bin Wang. It was directed by Zhang Mu and it stars Jet Li, Tony, Chai Wei, Lung, uh, Maggie Chung, Zhang Ziyi, Dao Ming Chen, and Donnie Yen. It was cool to see Donnie Yen in there. I forgot, I, I forgot that he was in it. I was like, oh yeah. shit, Donnie Yen's in here. Kind of kind of cool. He's in a lot of stuff, like oh, the yeah. Ant-Man series. I like the Ant-Man series yeah. a lot. Uh, and then obviously, uh, more recently in Rogue One yeah. and stuff. So it's good to see him have some like uh, international and kind of like broadened fame yeah. and yeah. claim, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, you know, because Rogue One, big thing about Star Wars right now is trying to build a diversity right. for it, right? So I think that's why, one of the reasons why I liked Rogue One so much. I, I, a lot of my, like, fellow friends hated Rogue One. Like, they, it's one of their really? least favorite Star Wars. And it's, it was one of my favorites. Like, I, I really liked it. And I think because it, 
I just liked how it create they created they brought in these big names, but yet people that just go see Transformers, they're they're not familiar with them so it kind of gives them a little bit more like you know what I really like this character in this Star Wars film let me check out what other movies he's done and hopefully they they go and see the Ip Man movies yeah. or what you know what I mean right. like um, so that's kind of no, yeah that's kind of because normally Star Wars is about like getting like finding nobodies and kind of putting them right in, right you know but this kind of did the opposite yeah but it's kind of cool because like they're good actors for a reason um, was Rogue One necessarily the best movie that these guys could be in? By far, no. But it's still cool because they get to reach an audience that they may not necessarily have gotten if they had just continued in their yeah. own specialty or their own type of cinema. So, like, I mean, it's just cool to have Gail Garcia Bernal and, you know... Uh, you know yes. He's the... Uh, there's like a Samoan guy or whatever in that, right? Um, Samoan or is he? Uh, he's he's Mexican. He's Mexican, he, but okay. he's he's the guy that plays like the captain or whatever of the rebels. Is he the big burly oh, yeah. dude? Um, he's a, he, he's he's one no. he's one of the, you've seen him in. Um, There's a guy. Or not Gil Garcia Bernal. I'm thinking of Diego Luna. My bad. There's Jesus yeah. Christ. Diego Luna. Yeah, uh, yeah. Diego Luna. Um, it was just cool to see him. Characters in that movie. But Di- Diego Luna. Who's the guy who's like with? Donnie Yen's character throughout the whole movie. That's who like guy, buddies. I think that's the guy I'm that's, thinking think, of. That's who keeps this thing. That's the guy who plays. Uh, he looks like Samoan. That's or the guy who plays. Um, uh, in Old Boy, isn't it? I don't know. As old the uh, the dude who's the main. No, couldn't be. Her in in Old Boy. Fuck. Couldn't be. Shit. Now I'm now I'm. Like... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Diego Luna before. Um, Felicity Jones, that's what her name is, too. Oh, Mads Mickelson is in that? Yeah, he plays one of the... Riz Ahmad. Oh, I've seen him before. Jang Wen. No, who the heck is this guy? Why can't I not? All right, I'll find it for you. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> no, um, that's not Forrest Whitaker. Ben Mendelsohn. No, I'm just kidding. Um, ben Mendelsohn's awesome. Like. Yeah, this this is a really it's a it's kind of a motley cast of people, um, but they're all yeah. kind of big in their own way. Felicity Jones kind of popped onto the scene, kind of at least to me out of nowhere, uh, but. You know, she's seeing a bunch of success right now. I think it, I think it is when Jiang or is what who's is who you're talking about. I think Jiang Wen. No, I don't think so. Well, maybe he could have had. Yeah, maybe. And I think they just like because he has like a beard and stuff in the movie. Body Rook or Bodhi Rook? No, wait, no, I clicked on the wrong thing. No, it's not. It's not Riz Ahmed. Maze Malbus. <laughs> Riz Ahmed. Maze Malbus, a what rebel lawyer, mercenary. How do you say his name? Wait, wait, wait. Who's, right? who's it's Riz. Yeah, Riz Ahmed. Who said? Riz but Ahmed. who said Riz Ahmed? I did. Oh, oh, oh! I didn't even hear you say that before. <laughs> Riz Ahmed. <laughs> Is it how I say it? No, I, I was like, why are you bringing yeah, him Baze, up? Baze Almas, well, Baze, or Baze Malbus <laughs> is the character in Star Wars. He's the guy I'm thinking about. Uh, Jang Wen. Yeah, Jang Wen. They just oh, put yeah, some serious... companion of... Yeah, that is that guy. Yeah, okay, he just looks way different in the movie. Yeah, he does. He looks... He looks... He's younger than he looks in the movie. 
Yeah, totally. They did some like gnarly makeup to him and stuff. Um, yeah, so Donnie, seeing Donnie Yen, and that's cool. Seeing him just kind of get some, you know, see that representation going on. Um, and then obviously Jang Wen because he's Chinese as well. Um, yeah, that's. I, mean, a, I like seeing uh, Zhang Zi as Moon too because I remember her from like the Rush Hour. Uh, movies. Oh, she is in Rush Hour too, huh? That's that's right. I knew there was something else. That's funny. Dude, I haven't seen those in so long. Oh, man. Those are like guilty pleasures. Those are those movies that are like, okay, you know what you're getting into when you watch them, so just have fun, you know? Like the Fast and Furious movies. Exactly, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's the who's the, not Jackie Chan, but who's who's his buddy in that one? What's that guy's name? Chris, 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 uh, right? No, it's, um, it's Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Tucker. I always get confused in their names for some reason the guy with the the awesome cameo and jackie brown Oh yeah, yeah. happened to Chris Tucker? He, you know, he's done some things. I mean, because like he showed up in like Silver Linings Playbook for a bit, and I think he just like made a buttload oh, yeah. of money off of Rush Hour, yeah. and was like, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> he had some sort of, I want to say, like some, you know, drug issue and everything. I think he was at his height with Rush Hour, and then when he was in The Fifth Element. Yeah, I think that was like at his uh, like the his peak of his like fame, and then ever since then he's just kind of he made a ton of money you know, off of those things. That's oh yeah, yeah, like especially Rush Hour. Like, like Roman Polanski has like a cameo in Rush Hour three and shit. It's weird. Really? Yeah, when they're in oh, Paris. I do not remember that. At yeah, all. dude, it's so fucking it must weird. Be all the weird. Uh, cause isn't isn't the director of Rush Hour that guy's kind of a yeah? He's a sexual. Um, he, he he had some sexual allegations. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Like a, a lot, and they're pretty. I mean, there's so many that it's like, yep, he's a predator type. Really? Yeah. First rush hour. Uh, all three, I think. I think he did all. Three. Yeah, I think he did all three. Brett Ratner. Yeah, Brett Ratner. Yeah. He he he's a. Uh, but that's been around for a long time because those accusations came out years and years and years ago. Yeah. And then when this hit, it's like, remember this guy? And then it yeah, it resurfaced again. And even more came out, and you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, now it's now it's so no wonder him and Polanski together. No, that's, that's bad. Yeah, that's like, that's bad. Like their own that's really club. That's really bad. Of some kind. Yeah. He also did Red Dragon and the, and the Last Stand, the X Men movie. Yeah, I knew that's right. He did in that, which is I didn't know. funny that he did an X Men movie with Brian Singer, right? Because Brian Singer also is also yeah, sexual. Yeah. <laughs> What's with all these? It's like, what the, the sexual f- predators getting together and just doing movies? Yeah, doesn't surprise me. I I guess. God damn it! Why does it have to be the movie industry? Like, yeah, I know. I mean, every well, major. Well, I think industry, it's every industry. I know, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. But it seems to be this weird, like everything. Regardless of what industry you're in, if you're dealing with that, like stuff, like being a sexual predator, especially like pedophile. Yeah, it always eventually flows through. Yeah, like, Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood is such a. People are paying attention. Yeah, it's to Hollywood. It's like and to Congress and to politics. It's like but people aren't paying attention to like plumbers. No, you know? yeah, yeah, it's it's like, it's like a cornerstone of culture. Yeah. You know, like everybody, yeah. it, it's it's in the limelight. You Their know, it's just is being yeah. in the spotlight. So right. of course you're in yeah, the spotlight for everything. Yeah. yeah, makes yeah, sense. There's gonna, be, there's gonna be some ugliness there. Yeah, you know, for, for sure. sure. But also, how it's like. 
put together, it's all about power, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get all this power, but, like, your plumber has no power. You know what I mean? So... He has the power to flood your house. <laughs> he does have that power, yeah. Um, he will flood you and... Uh, never mind. Uh, so, I kind of... Let's see. I don't know how you... I have... I wrote kind of like a brief history of Asian cinema, which we don't need to go into necessarily. Uh, if you guys have some other things you want to talk about or bring up, if you have any, do you guys have any other questions or topics you want to? Where Where is Asia on the map? That's a good question. Um, I have a hard time pointing it out. That's why I asked it. I have a hard time to Australia. The real question is: Is should is, we count? Is India, well, is India Asia? According to okay, so that's the thing I want. We gotta in Russia, right? Russia yeah. is the thing I was gonna ask. So yeah, where do we cut off like Far East from Asia? In terms of the history that I looked up, they're all as part of one. When you say Asia, it's like all of them, okay. right? Um, but the focus tends because because Russia is so split from the concept of Asian and also just cinem- in cinematic history they're pretty split yeah I think like from what I was reading like it's more focused on like Indian and East Asian films specifically Japan and China um, but obviously South Korea had a lot of power and then Bangladesh had some films uh, you know uh, but that tends to be the focus whereas Russia has talked about it as its own thing um, yeah. so I don't know it's kind do you think that's a product of like like American like differentiating different types of white people from each other and not differentiating different Asian types of I think so from each other? well I don't okay I don't want to say I don't like necessarily how, know but like how different are like American films from Canadian films like they're they're pretty much pretty much the same yeah pretty much the same like I I would have a hard time like picking which ones are which yeah. unless I like knew that the actor was only in Canadian I mean films. how many American films are shot in Canada like that tells right? you right there yeah, how so, similar they are but so like how like what is what is the point of differentiating some like French films from from German films? I mean, besides obviously the language, it's like really obvious. I guess culture would be the big it would be the bigger answer to that. I think between Russia and like Southeast Asia, there's a pretty big divide in yeah. culture, and also I think yeah. it kind of is partly has to do with the fact that like Southeast Asian people tend to look more similar to each other where Russians are just like white people yeah for a better term, it, you know it's, I mean? it, like, it's interesting because like Russia like it just it just due to their culture and their the majority of their religious beliefs and stuff they they look and appear to be more European yeah so like European it's kind of like what you said it's like America versus Canadian films it's like you know Ukrainian Slovakian Romanian films versus Russian films like mm-hmm. like what what you know you can get into the minutiae of it but to just kind of the the non um from just regular general eyes they're not going to really tell the difference you know but then it's like it's kind of broad but then you could like yeah the far east cinema is definitely different than like 
Russia, but if you looked at like Mongolian cinema, I'm sure you're going to get both Russian and the yeah, Far East it, together because it, yeah. you know it's a, because they share borders. You, you know, right. so that like or like Iranian cinema that's still like Asia, but it's so it's like so far like west of the far yeah it's like it, there's really no comparison yeah it's like middle east but yet it's you know there's some you know turkish and uh you know and yeah i don't in african and you know just because of the the way the land where the land is situated right. for sure so it's just right. interesting how that works but i i just it's just interesting to me because we're talking with hero and Hard-boiled. We're talking Chinese. Um, yeah, because they're both Chinese. Yeah, they're not picked on. By the way, I didn't. I didn't focus on. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just two films I wanted right. to watch. But it's like, interesting because, like, it, it would also be another thing entirely if we had, you know, if Keith had picked one Chinese film and a Japanese film. You know what like I mean? Sanjuro, because they're so because yeah. they are so different. Yet you could also, of course, bring up similarities. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It's it is I, interesting. I, I think I would have a hard time, and this is probably just due to my lack of knowledge of of all types of Asian cinema. I would have a hard time like picking which ones are which. Like I think I could pull out Thailand, just because of the way Thailand like looks. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like a modern Thailand film. Um, but I, I think I would honestly have a hard time like. Like I had no idea that these were both Chinese movies when I was watching. I thought one of them was Japanese. I thought. Um, I thought the Jet Li one was... Well, you yeah. can hear it in the language more right. than anything, yeah. really. Like, that's yeah. really the, the obvious cue, right? Um, yeah, it's kind of being able to, like, pick up those, like, kind of those the differences. Yeah. Think, is Hero Mandarin? Uh, it's not Mandarin, uh, is it? Because uh, Mandarin has that very, very like distinct. Like, there's something. There's something about Hero that was. Uh, it's either it's it's either Cantonese or it's Mandarin, and then they had to. When they were releasing it in China, they had to redub some things in the other in the other yeah. one to not confuse and or offend. Right. So I can't remember. I think yeah. it's they had to convert to Mandarin. Okay. I think um, it's interesting because, like, you can you can tell like Mandarin has a very distinct sound to it. If you if you watch if you watch enough, like, it definitely has a completely different feel to like. To me, it sounds far different from like anything Japanese. Whereas, yeah, totally. whereas, like, you know, if you're watching um, something from. Thai and Cambodia, it's a little bit harder to, for, for my ears. It's because partially I just don't, I don't watch Cambodian films. You know what I mean? Like, words sound like they kind of go together. There, there's a lot or, of the yeah. same, um, yeah, for sure, pronunciation, like the sounds and stuff. But it's interesting. I, I that's what I like about films too is just being able to learn more about culture, um, even without like technically like sitting down and like learning. You're just yeah. you're just like you're just watching them act and you're listening to them. And yes, you're reading subtitles, but your ears are picking up on what they're saying because you're getting. If they're angry, you can still you know the universal. Uh, you know, um, like emotions, cues and like emotions, you know. yeah, yeah. And, and and how that just translates into your brain is just fascinating to me. Um, and it's to me, 
I, because I've seen more European films than I have like you know Asian films. Uh, I I'm always always intrigued when I watch something from you know Hong Kong or you know China or Japan or North Korea uh, South Korea. Um, just because it's like it, I just want to. I want to just soak it up, you know. <laughs> uh, it's 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 odd because I feel like all three of us were a lot closer to Asian cinema than a, a lot of the rest of the world. You know, like I feel like we could have an understanding of it just because we are in the Pacific Northwest and we're technically we are like the only thing that's between us and the Far East is just one ocean, you know, but like there's a lot of, um, you know, obviously like before airplanes, this wouldn't be a thing, but I feel like we might have a better grasp than, uh, uh, not quite as much as like a neighboring country, but maybe a few countries down, like as far as like understanding some of this stuff that's happening here. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean like, you know, just, just based on like geography. Oh yeah. Geography wise. I mean, Seattle actually has a fairly big, you know, um, Asian population and Vancouver, you know, is definitely, it's huge, you yeah, know, yeah. um, you know, some of the biggest ports, um, in the, you know, in the Pacific Asia. Northwest yeah. or right in this area. Um, uh, you know, so like, yeah, I think that's a good point is we do, I think have some, a little bit more access or so, you know, understanding an understanding of some of their culture more than maybe someone, you know, in like, you know, even Montana or Iowa or something, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And I'm, we're, I, I'm lucky where I'm, I, I feel lucky because I can go to, uh, you know, uh, uh, film is truth and pick up you know a, a, a more obscure um you know international release where i might not be able to get at a at a shop in in ohio or something the pickford good, uh, good ad i know i had to i had to town, i don't know if they're still running it or not but they were doing monthly japanese um they would show uh, you know an older japanese film um they're I don't remember. It was like a professor or someone who was who was the curator for that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they were do, month, they were doing like the Zatoichi film series. Zatoichi, yes, some Ozu and you know yeah. Mizuguchi and stuff like that. Um, kind of the bigger stuff, but it's cool the fact that there's even yeah. a theater that's willing to show that stuff. You know, um, yeah. but. Um, uh, so in terms of, I guess, the discussion of this podcast, we can consider Russia separate just in terms of cinema and stuff, oh, yeah. because we've talked about Soviet cinema, we talked about yeah. Soviet montage, we talked about, um, you know, their, their influence on their cinema, contribution, contribution yeah. exactly. Yeah, sure. Um, but I guess... Just super fast, I can just blaze through this history here. Uh, it's just let's, a super, super brief history. Yeah, <laughs> if only I could talk and be blazed. Um, <laughs> I'll lose track. So, <laughs> the first short films um, to come out of Asia were produced during the 18, 1890s. In 1898, the Japanese films Bake Jizo, which translates to Jizo the Spook and Shinin no Sose, uh, Resurrection of a Corpse, and 
and the Indian film The Flower of Persia were produced. That's 1898. All three of those films came out, which is kind of cool to see. Like, okay, here's Japan, and then here's India. Yeah, you know, which is yeah. not very close to Japan geographically. Like, both produced short films in the same year. Um, yeah. In the early 1900s, Israeli short films started to be shown. Um, the first East Asian feature film was Japan's The Life Story of Tasuke Shiobara. India's first feature-length film was, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but Raja Harishandra. Uh, by the 1920s, India Indian film output was at 27 films per year. That's pretty uh, fucking good for 1920s? Right by the 20s, yeah. Like, holy shit. 27 <laughs> films per year. That's quite a bit. Um, so, it's, uh, yeah, if you can't consider Russia as part of it, uh, it's kind of up to you, I guess. Um, but like I said, we talked about the montage editing. You can go back to that episode and check it out because it's one of our more detailed uh, technical episodes. Uh, the 1930s and sound film saw a surge in historic Jap- uh, in what are now historic Japanese filmmakers such as Kenji Mizuguchi, uh, Sado, Sado Yamanaka, and Yasujiro, Yasujiro Ozu. I need to slow down and say these properly. Uh, India saw a large rise in musicals during this same time, uh, and then which kind of eventually led into what we know as Bollywood and kind of the. Uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, extra outlandish, I guess, sort of, uh, storytelling that they do in yeah. their films. Yeah. It's like, uh, if you haven't seen one, it's just like a lot of people just getting together and kind of dancing. Like, like it's almost like a dance film combined with the musical. And they're known for yeah. having just like crazy physics and, yeah. and just, they, they kind yeah. of push things to an extreme and a fun extreme. But the music yeah. is awesome so, though. Sort yeah. of like, uh, sort of like how here, kind of yeah exactly like, yeah. yeah exactly Man's the idea of physics exactly yeah because yeah. Um, yeah it's more about uh, like the symbolism and the yeah the, yeah yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. or just like being really like visually interesting yeah dynamic exactly yeah, yeah exactly so uh, the the 40s to the 60s is kind of considered the quote golden age of Asian cinema some of the greatest films in uh, Asian history were made during this time with directors such as Mizuguchi and Ozu, like I said, but also Kira Kurosawa, Satyajit Ray, Guru Dutt, and Fei Mu, uh, just to name a few filmmakers. Uh, during this time, India was producing about 200 films per year. Wow. So in a couple of decades, a couple of decades, Crazy. they went from about 27 to around 200 per year. Uh, China also saw a golden age during the 40s. Um, in, the 19, in the 60s and 70s, Japan kind of saw a decline in cinema while Hong Kong some a more serious rise um, this is also when Bruce Lee entered the picture and became an international icon and start, started to help bridge the gap between uh, essentially across the across the pond across the ocean uh, bridging the gap between Hollywood and American American audiences and foreign Asian films um, the 80s saw Japan start to make a comeback with independent, with independent cinema and the success of anime. The 80s also brought Jackie Chan and John Woo into the picture, so Jackie Chan helped to uh, solidify the the bridge that Bruce Lee built, essentially, and helped kind of Americanize 
Chinese cinema, but also bring Chinese influence to American cinema and kind of getting an American audience to to watch Chinese cinema. Yeah. Wait, you're talking Jackie Chan, the opera singer? Of course. Oh, yeah. really? He? Yeah, he single-handedly... Yeah, yeah, he was singing about movies. Sung his way yeah, exactly. To the exactly. United States yeah. of America. Exactly. Yeah. Have you guys seen him uh, singing opera? No. No. I haven't. I haven't. You should, look, you should check it out on YouTube. It's actually, like, a beautiful... It's beautiful. It's a, it almost makes me want to cry. Nice. Wow. Because, you know, he, well, he does. It's, he has a very, very beautiful voice. Cool. I'll have to check that out for sure. Holy I also should. want to see The Foreigner. Apparently, The Foreigner is supposed to be Oh, that looks good. pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah it's his most good. recent film. Uh, from the 90s and on, we have seen more of a, quote, crossover with different filmmakers and actors, uh, such as Chow Yun-Fat and Zhang Ziyi, and more recently, even Matt Damon, uh, because uh, Zhang Yimou also directed The Great Wall, which got a lot of flack for having a white person in an Asian right. film. Even, even though he's, I mean, Last Samurai, it's, it's basically Last Samurai. I feel like Last movie. Samurai is probably more egregious than, than The Great because Wall. Because he's actually playing like an Asian person <laughs> in Last Samurai, right? No, no he's play, he plays like a U.S. cavalryman that, yeah. gets, oh, yeah. that kills like a whole bunch of Native Americans and then gets right. shipped over to... <laughs> Matt Damon is in The Great Wall, which I think most people just don't understand, is because the Bourne series was huge over in in China. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a demand for the actor there, so why not? They want to see Matt Damon at The Great Wall. I mean, I think a lot of people just jumped the gun on that movie, and like, I I don't want to say too much about it because I haven't seen it, and I I don't, can't formulate an opinion too much, but I I definitely think that there was just, oh, they saw a trailer and it was like instant backlash. It's like, okay, well, it's a Chinese director making a Chinese film. And I'm sure the entire like, cast, or I mean crew, were yeah. probably all Chinese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, like a, a hot ticket actor is a hot ticket actor. It's like seeing, right. it's like seeing like any of the Chinese or Japanese actors in big films now, you know, like we were talking about like Donnie, Donnie Yen and, and like Rogue it's One, just or demand for Jackie some of that. Jackie Chan you know, so. and fucking High Noon. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, people like it. Yeah. Exactly. So. It's weird that there's kind of that double standard and I, I think that some people just aren't capable of seeing it from the perspective of people in China like who who maybe want the Great Wall with Matt Damon exactly they really really want it you know but some people are just like wow a white person playing in an Asian film that's not cool. like who are you yeah. as an American audience member to say what a Chinese audience member wants exactly you know like yeah, but and I think that's just where like there's that a double standard there oh for sure I think there definitely is yeah. a double standard but I also think I also would agree when there's like a character that is like a Japanese or Chinese character from like a manga or something right that then gets the white treatment where it's like yeah. really like you could have scarred you, treatment yeah like you sh- you yeah. could have gone with like even if it wasn't an Asian actress, you could have gotten an Asian American actress, or so, you know, or, or whatever, you know, like because I know, like but even even the ScarJo thing, like in the anime, she's like pretty white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, she's anime, a robot. Yeah, yeah. Anime doesn't necessarily like they don't necessarily draw like Japanese. Yeah, right. Yeah. They tend to look more just. 
non-Asian yeah. anyway, but that's, right. I mean, I don't know, that's just but, part of it. But also, like, too, with Ghost in the Shell, the you know, the the Rupert Sanders one, is it's the creator of the original movie and, you know, like, said yes. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, like, he like, gave he, he, You know, so it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, there's nobody else that, that, I mean, yeah, sure, there's money getting exchanged there, but like, yeah. but like, it's it's not the character is a robot. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the other thing. I mean, too. come on. I think the more, I mean, the bigger issue that I would say that I would have with it is that Rupert Sanders was the director. Like, true, you yeah, could true. Could have had a Japanese director do Scarlett Johansson right. as a as the robot or whatever. Yeah, you know, yep. that would have been a little bit. I think better in my yeah, eyes, but yeah. I think there was a lot of Japanese people who worked on that film too. So you know, it's yeah, just, it was just weird. They filmed it in New Zealand and like it's you know, it's just black a, and white is yeah. oh well, they put a white person in that role. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, there you. That's what you're seeing in the role, but yeah, it's not black and white. That's black, uh, black and yellow, white and yellow. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh goddamn! Um, black and yellow, black and yellow. But uh, yeah, so it's it's never as simple as uh, as that. Um, but that's kind of just a super super brief yeah. history of right. Asian cinema. And there's a bunch of countries I didn't touch on. Um, you know, it's pretty but deep. Just, but just so our listeners know, that is not to ignore the problem that is. Um, a lot there's too many white people in movies you know that is that is still an issue yeah for sure I mean I'm gonna play devil's advocate here yeah a little bit yeah yeah a little bit the like a large portion of the population are white of whatever right of whatever well it's like but I'm saying just of the world of America like of America like there's just a lot of people of white skin, whether or not you're Norwegian or German or American or right. whatever. There's just a lot of white people. So, like, it's you can't just be like, well, cut out all the white people and let's start shooting and shoving yeah. in the rest. Like, yeah. It's the people try to make it so like simplified. Like, well, let's just add this. In. Let's let's just add more black people. In. Yeah, we'll be good to go. It's like okay, right. but you you can't some over here. Yeah, some over here. It's yeah. definitely yeah. like I mean because it, it, it's easy to simplify for sure, and that always irritates me because it's just like because I always play devil's advocate even to myself, you know? Because like I'll be watching you know a movie like like okay for example even like Stranger Things right. They're like all white except for the one black guy, one yeah, black kid. You don't kid. see anyone shitting yeah. on Stranger and, and, Things or being a white And, 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 and I'm just right? like, I'm just like, he see, he, it's so token that it's like, that it's ridiculous. It's, it's, that it's, re- it's kind of painful. That yeah, yeah, it's painful, but yet at the same time, it's like, well, it's a throwback, and also it's like a yeah. TV show that's all about kids which is kind of unique in the sense that there aren't like a lot of shows that adults are watching that are the the main characters are primarily all kids you know so like that's kind of cool that they're like hiring kids um so there's all this back and forth to it but there's like things that people choose to ignore and people and things that people choose to bitch about. Yeah, it's, and it's just it's, these are the same people that are like, I really like Stranger Things, so I'm not going to criticize it. Right, at all. right, right. But I don't yeah. like Grey Wall, so fuck the fact that they put Matt yeah, Damon in it. It's like, exactly. Right. You can't do but one and the like, other. Yeah. I haven't even seen the movie. Right. 
you know. Yeah. So it's like, but it's it's yeah. Netflix, so like we Netflix can get a pass, right? Because it's Netflix, so it's whatever. It's such a dumb argument, just in general, and it's like you can't boil it down and simplify it to well, if there was just more of this, you know, then it, everything would be great. It's like, yeah. okay, well, then you're just going to start marginalizing white people, and then white people are going to get pissed off because they're being marginalized, and you can't tip the scales too far in one direction or the other. You just cast some people, man. Like, and, yeah, for sure. There is something, you know, but like, you know, it's interesting too for me, like sometimes like when I'm watching a movie or I have a film idea in my head and it just for fun, you like, you know, if I had the money, who would I have in, in yeah. the film? Right. I, to me, and this is maybe just me, but I was going to ask, see if, if what you guys thought or if you guys do the same thing, like, is it predominantly white people that you think of or do you think of everybody? Because, like, for me, like, I've always thought that Maggie Chung would be so cool to work with. Like, I would uh, the chick that's um, in she's, Hero. Uh, she's she's uh, Flying Snow. Yeah. Oh, Flying Snow. Like, yeah, sure. She's so cool. Like, she's in um, uh, uh, Fallen Angels. She's in um, Chunking Express. Like... She's just an awesome actress, and you never see her in anything in the yeah. made in the West. It's like the most unfortunate thing ever, and she's so good. Um, it, it does kind of upset me though, where it's like, why are there certain actors or, or actresses uh, that that are that that don't get the chance? That even like you know, because yeah. like Salma Hayek and Penelope Cruz, they get a chance because they're so big. Do we? Do we? But we don't see a lot of, like, Latinas in big films other than, like, the top three or four, right? Eva Mendes, Salma Hayek, um, uh, Penelope Cruz, yeah, and um, yeah. Michael Douglas's wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, those are the top four, right? She's, like, white, essentially. Like, yeah, like, but, like... like half <laughs> But, like, you know what I mean? We don't see more than that. And, you know, the, when it comes to, like, Asian... Um, actresses like you really only think of Asian American actresses like um, uh, Lucy Liu, you know. Oh, yeah, like yeah, exactly, it, yeah. it's it's there is like things that do bother me when it comes to um, casting because there are so many good roles that are played by white. Because I f- I feel actor- like like actresses that could be easily portrayed by someone else. <laughs> totally. America, we kind of, like, value the melting pot thing, you know? Well, we say that. So, well, yeah, like, we say that, yeah. Right, we say that, and I think, to an extent, we all value it. Um, but we don't really... It's not, like, mirrored in Hollywood as much. Right, right. You know? But it is, but just, like, not nearly as as much as it could you know but like even movies like hero like hero like killed at box office yeah you yeah. know like it, and so did crouching tiger hidden dragon which came out like just two before years yeah. Prior. yeah yeah hell that won the probably, best picture oscar mm-hmm. yeah you know and that that's probably why this movie came to america in the first place or maybe even why they made it the way that they did in order to sell it over here in america well it struggled yeah. to come to america initially because so what happened was that they sold to to help fund the film they sold the rights to Miramax the international distribution rights to Miramax uh, for approximately 20 million or so which um, Harvey Weinstein yeah, was the head of, of Miramax yeah. uh, and, and also it, this is when Disney owned Miramax right? yes so what happened yeah. was uh, Miramax kept 
pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back for a variety of reasons. Uh, it started to show up in America through like uh, you know illegal illegal means, bootleg copies and stuff like that. Miramax tried to shut it down, tried to stop all that and shut it down because they they obviously own the rights to it. Uh, but yeah. then Disney and Tarantino stepped in. That's why this film says Quentin Tarantino presents because Disney and Tarantino stepped in and were like, look. This film has, is getting traction. We need to yeah. get it over here. Sh- shut the fuck up, Miramax. Like, yeah, yeah. And get, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, something along the lines of Tarantino managed to get a copy, uh, an English subbed copy, uh, which helped, you know, get to some distribution. And then he was like, "Yeah, I'll totally toss my name on it just to get more people looking at it." Um, and then 2004 is when it actually yeah. got shown here in America. I want to say he even saw it like at a film festival, like the Venice Probably. Film Festival or something. Yeah. Like, sure. really liked it. Yeah, it's totally... You can totally see, like... Because Kill Bill was right around the same time. Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely see the influences yeah. of it on, on... And then, obviously, like, Zhang Yimou and stuff was... And Japanese cinema's huge influence on Tarantino in general. Um, yeah. Or Zhang Yimou is Chinese, so... Um, but, uh, yeah, so it eventually made its way, you know, after Miramax stopped being dickheads about it. Um <laughs> But I fucking Weinstein. Real quick. <laughs> I bet he was trying to get with one of the actors. That's terrible, but so it could be true. I, it uh, could, I it, would not be surprised. Yeah. That's probably, probably it. Um, one thing I think, just to address your point real quick and then answer your question, too, is uh, I think when you cast people of who are not white, essentially, anyone else who's not white, it tends to either be that the film has to, at least people think, that the film has to address the fact that they are not white, or somewhere along the lines, behind the scenes, there's something about the fact that they're not white. Right. Right? There's yeah. something that yeah. it always comes up. Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah, like it's uh, like it's a cho- like the default is white. White is the default. That's the... Basically. Yeah. And like, like when you're developing a screenplay, writing a screenplay, when you give like an auxiliary character something... Unless you say otherwise, like the default, right? Essentially, right. and which is an issue. To answer your question, that when I write scripts, yeah, I tend to to picture a white person in the role. Right. However, I'm not opposed to like ca- like I would never be opposed to casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't. I'm not writing the script being like, oh, this is a white person yeah, yeah. writing the script. And usually it's just like, okay, there's a man, there's a woman. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's more about where I'm writing at. Um, but yeah, it always, you always, someone feels like they have to bring, well, why are they, why are we casting an Asian person in that role? Right. Who gives a yeah. shit? We're just casting a, a, yeah, yeah, a woman. That's yeah, what we yeah. need. Or, or yeah. trend or whatever. Like, who gives a crap about, about that? Just yeah, yeah. Let them be a person in the it, film. It like, needs whatever. to be, whoever, whoever is, whoever is cast, Okay. For example, if you if if you're if you're shooting like a a 1950s no, scratch that. Modern day like thriller, right? The character that you're writing and that you're casting for it just needs to be a certain type emotionally wise Emo- like yeah. yeah or or build or really, yeah, like it doesn't but know. the but the race the race has no there, in the script, it's never brought up. It, you, the the, like it the casting yeah. director and the director are looking for a particular thing. Unfortunately, if you have an actress, two actresses that one happens to be Asian and one is European, they're going to almost always go with the European, which is the, the. But yet, they both have the same like emotional 
whatever it is, right, that they're looking for. Yeah. Which is like, the, like to me, it's like the dumbest thing. I don't know. Because that also comes down to the money men are looking at it like, okay, who's going to be the biggest draw here? A white person, a white woman, yeah. or an Asian woman. And they're going to be like, well, the white woman's probably going to bring more people in. Like, which is like dumb yeah, though, like, too, because like China is so big that when like, you know, when like Transformers or whatever, they, it gets like 200 million over here. But then it gets like that or more in China. Yeah. like You know what I mean? Like, it's, way more, it's like we're like three times. Yeah, it's like we're only half, if that, of what some of these films are getting. Yeah. So, like, it's that's kind of a moot point now. I think it used to be, you know, or like even you know Megan Fox. I mean, everyone in China wanted to go see it, probably partly because of Megan Fox. Because unfortunately, as well, like that that culture has now been so westernized that they. You know, want to dress like what they yeah, see totally in our movies, and they like love white. People. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I went to uh, Alaska and worked on the fish boats up there, I worked with a ton of Taiwanese people. And they all just wanted to talk to all the Americans. Yeah, you know, yeah. They just loved the Americans. And it was really weird. <laughs> Asian people love, love Americans, dude. It's crazy. At one point or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, no, they love, the, like, Japan stuff. Just yeah. love seeing America, uh, Americans, white people, Canadians, whatever, yeah. um, in general. No, I think there's a, there's a multitude of factors that go into it. At the same time, it's like, who gives a shit? The other big, big thing... <laughs> I don't mean about that. Yeah, it's just cast whoever. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the other big thing is regional, like, depending on where you're at. So where we live and we're writing scripts, there is essentially no black, Asian, or yeah, Mexican actors. That's true. Actresses, yeah. both. So yeah, especially in Bellingham, like that's Bellingham what I'm saying. Just white as that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, yeah. of course, I'm going to cast someone white because that is yeah. my pool to draw yeah. from. Yeah. So if you're working in L.A. or Chicago, Vancouver, you know, Atlanta, New York, then you're going to even, even Seattle. Seattle, you're going to have way more ability to cast a variety yeah. of people. We just don't. So yeah. sorry, like. I'm gonna put a white person in there because yeah. that's what I got. So yeah. get over it. it. Like it really limits the type of films that you can kind of yeah. make in Bellingham. Yeah, totally. You know, like the, uh, I mean, you can make anything you want, but um, it, it's it does limit like what you can kind of get away with. You know, because because in Bellingham you're stuck with the between twenty and thirty year old yeah. white people. Exactly. You know? Um, there are some like older actors there, but a lot of them are just like caught up in whatever they're doing already. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's not really like a big pool of like fr- like free agents, you know, to, to kind of pull from. Exactly. Yeah, like the last like three or four films I've done, I haven't used anybody from Bellingham for acting. Yeah, you have to go outside. Yeah, it's so tough. Everyone's like the, and everyone's kind of the same. Yeah, like they all kind of have the same look, and yeah, uh, there's not 
really like a diversity thing. Exactly. So, yeah, you know. You know. And, it, and it stretches beyond just the white. You know, it's age. It's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely. the t- builds that people have there. Like, there's a lot of, like, Michael Sarah types and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're that's not wrong. true. That, that's so true. That's funny. I haven't that's, really thought of it, like, quite like that. But that's, <laughs> that's true. So there's there's just a multitude of reasons why it happens. So sometimes out of necessity, if you have the ability, then... But then again, it's up to you. Like, maybe you want white people in there. Then that's whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Like, yeah. I'm not sitting there like, well, you better shove an Asian person in there. It's yeah. Like, no, that's not how this right. works. Like, you cast who you want to cast and who best fits the part, really. It's the, the biggest key is, like, yeah. do they, can they play the role that you want to cast them in? It's, it's funny because, like, yeah, it's either that for me or I see the person I want and then I write it for them. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. you know, it's yeah. either one of those. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, which is kind of cool. I think that'd be great. Like, if I wanted to work with Maggie Chung, like, it would be great to like write a role for her because, like, what's better than yeah. like than write 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 to her voice? Yeah, yeah I mean, that'd be, be really cool. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. Um, we're we're really we're products of like our geography. You know? Yeah, That's basically, I, I yeah, is really fascinating about these two films being Chinese films. You know, because right. I feel like you can really. You could honest. You could really tell. I mean, obviously, you could tell that they're like Far East movies, but um, you can kind of guess like what. Like I, I was guessing Japan or China, and I think honestly, I think what confused me about Hero being in Japan is because I thought I saw like a samurai sword in Jet Li's hand uh, that wasn't actually a samurai apparently sword. in one of the posters that got made for American releases they put a katana in his hand instead <laughs> what of the, the, the sword he uses Jesus dude I think I saw that I think that's what you saw yeah saw it happened like a long yeah. time ago yeah so it was totally an effed up wow. thing that happened because it's literally not even the same culture Fuck. that those swords come from so um, yeah no that, that did happen so you're not crazy uh, in that regard, um, that's why I was so confused. But that's crazy. They kind of have. Is that it? Yeah, holy shit! Yeah, on the it's on the post on the right? on the oh, box the for hero, it literally he's yeah he's got a. <laughs> okay, so I'm not crazy. That's ridiculous, dude. I think that's here. Show it to show it to me on the thing. Yeah, because that's not even like the sword. That no, it's all shiny on that. They show the correct yeah. sword on the backside. Yeah, like what the but fuck? That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing ever. It's but. so stupid. Like as if people even like kind of knew the difference. It's such a white person thing to do. Like, oh, that sword looks way cooler, so put it. In yeah, the holding yeah. Out instead, you know, like they don't care about the nuances of. We'll just of we'll just blame it on Weinstein again. I don't, don't want to call out <laughs> Tarantino for this, but do you think maybe he he had a part? Oh no, not at all. I don't think he sure? didn't have any part in besides the name bringing it over. I'm pretty sure. Okay. From my understanding, I mean. Yeah, because he didn't produce the film or nothing. No. Yeah. I think right. he just brought it over. Yeah. It was like, put my name on it. Let's get this shit shown. And yeah, like, I it. like this. I yeah, exactly. Let's get it out there. Yeah. Let's get some audience members. Um, so I kind of want to, unless you have something else pressing to say. No, I, I guess all, all I'm really suggesting is just. I, I really like films that are like that, that come from different areas. You know, like I like Hollywood, and I think it's 
I think it's great that there's people are pushing to try and get more diversity in Hollywood films, but I'm way more interested in like uh, Chinese movies that come from Chinese filmmakers in the Chinese area than I am in a Chinese movie made in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, or even like dual productions. You know, like if it's made with you know China and America, like I'm, that's really cool. But like, I don't necessarily need like all my American films to have like Chinese people. Yeah. You know, or or any any race, including white, you know. Like I, I just I like the geography based like film. Yeah. You know, I think it's cool. I like films for the content of the film, yeah, generally yeah. speaking. Um but Well what did you want to talk about with these movies? Well I we're getting kinda close to the end here. Uh what I just want to ask one quick question here. Yeah. Um is Hero magical realism? I, I would say no. Um, oh, okay. I think it's um, a more. I think it's a different genre altogether. I think it's more. Um, there's a name for it, and I can't remember what it is. But it's like a type of. Chi- it's like a Chinese style film. Wuxia. Like a, there's a there's a term uh, for it. That might be it. Wuxia. Wuxia. Like Wuxia is like a is a oh, is yeah. like a. I thought it was like Wuxia. Yeah, it's it's usually it's, yeah. I think it's like Wuxia. Um, Wuxia. It's like a, a Chinese hero tale essentially. Uh, yeah. Generally, with like you know martial arts, kung fu stuff like that. There's there, there's a variety of subsets of of action films, right? That have to do with that. I haven't seen very many Wuxia films, but I, is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it do a lot of them have like the. Um, Action like set pieces where actors are kind of swinging around on cables. Yeah, those are, that's a big thing in a lot of. A lot yeah. of see, it's funny. Uh, my dad, he, my dad has seen so like I can't even. Get, I would in my lifetime. I don't think I could ever get close to see the amount of stuff <laughs> he's watched. Uh, he's seen all these different series and shows and just Chinese, Japanese, Korean, American, whatever. Uh, and his big thing for a long time was watching a lot of these like just. B movie, like Wuja type, crazy ass kung fu, yeah. like flying through the air, yeah, acrobatics. Yeah. Like it's a big. It, it's it's not everything. All the films are not that way, but it's a really big subset yeah. of film. Of yeah. films uh, were made with that crazy acrobatic style, um, which I think is totally just. It's, it's so ridiculous, but I think it's so fun. I, there's some. It's pretty satisfying. Though. Yeah, right. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think what I think what's so cool about it. The ones that are done well, at least, like Hero and, and Crouching Tiger and Dragon, is that the movement and the choreography is in tune with, like, the, the, the character's, like, actions yeah. and... And like the, there's an emotional truth in what yeah, you're watching, exactly, exactly. which yeah. is like and so that's cool. All tied to like the colors that they're and the talking. colors, you know. Talk about the crazy colors, yeah. Hero, dude. So it's like oh, they, they, that's what I really enjoy about these type of movies is that it's not like some crazy American. Hollywood film where you're seeing these characters do crazy shit just for the sake of them doing cool crazy shit. Where yeah. this fi- these films, it's, it, these are be- beautifully made films that have an emotional truth behind them. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the characters are are all 
what hard boiled was just that well, big well, shit for the well, sake yeah of okay so that's, that's well, so like <laughs> but so that's like that that's like Hong Kong action cinema gun <laughs> right like it's term. it's like um Kata? yeah it's like my favorite term which is awesome. like gun gun like, like G U N is John John Wick a gun yeah that's gun kata yeah that's like straight up I, I, gun uh, yeah gun kata is is awesome like gun fu uh, yeah gun fu what is gun gun kata is, just like what are they combining there what's the, oh I don't know I don't know where kata comes from but if you search it's G U N space K A T A um, it's a term even on Wikipedia just gun kata uh, anyway, sorry it, it was just funny because that was kind of what I was going to bring up to the discussion is just the fact that like it, it's funny that we brought two Chinese films that kind of represent the two biggest genres of the Chinese film. Yeah. One of which would be Which was the, an accident. Right, the yeah. Like, <laughs> one would be the kind of the, is it Wuja? I think, I, don't Wuja. quote me on Wuja. this. I think it's like Wuja. Wuja um, film and then like or the Gun Fu kind of film and how they're so similar in the fact that they are both beautiful. Like the gun <laughs> violence and, so and, and the awesome. choreography of Hard Boiled is actually beautiful. When he's like, like it really like is sliding on the rail with his back and walking yeah. around just bah, yeah. bah, 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 like it, it, it's 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 spectacle but it, it's but it's it's so pleasing to watch i mean like it, it it's both of these movies i thought were beautiful in their own way they're both chinese yet Yet they're, they're so different too, you know. Um, and the music for both of them, I thought, was great. The the the, the cello and stuff in in Hero really like oh, was just so sad and just like good, beautiful, yeah, beautiful with the cinematography so and the and that that lake scene, you know, them floating with the music, yeah. it's like just epic. But then with Hard Boiled, you got that really smooth, beautiful like jazz, and then you yeah. got the, a little bit of that kind of like early nineties. Like yeah. um, kind of popish kind of sound too, uh, right. which is like kind of funny. See in like Rush Hour, like exactly it felt very Rush Hour. Exactly. So it's kind of funny um, how like th- there's there's a lot of similarities between these films, um, but yet a lot of differences. Yet they both they both share certain truths that make them Chinese, which I find so interesting and so yeah. cool. <laughs> the, the the choreography of the action set pieces in both of these movies are very much tied to the characters you know like if you if you can compare it to like the first three or the prequel trilogy of Star Wars where the, the choreography is like completely detached from like the emotion of the characters right you know, right they're just kind of doing cool shit for the sake of it or even like some of the latest Fast and the Furious movies like they're just like doing cool shit or uh, the later Die Hard films yeah it's just like what's what it's not really tied to his character he's just being like a bad um, but here it's like it seems like every single piece of choreography was like tied to the like either like what you were saying like an emotion um, or a feeling um, or to something that the characters are going through themselves you know like watching um, 
Zin, uh, got the lady from Rush Hour. Zhang Zi. Zhang Zi, like, struggle against, um, like, uh, snow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was fighting? Yeah. And just, like, her desperation and how her movements are just, like, so, like, it looks, she looks so desperate. And on her face, she's very desperate. But then, uh, snow is very calm, and she's literally, like, just throwing wind her direction and, and beating her. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just, like, it sh- gives you that power. It, it, it shows you what their relationship is like. Um, also, the, the type of people. Well, are. like, the whole scene with the two dudes on the lake. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. just, like, how smooth and just, they let it play out just I, for so long. I think, like, the biggest thing for me, the difference between, like, kind of what you were touching on, Jacob, was is that, like, and with the emotional truth and everything, is that a big part of it for me is discipline. You know, like, you, I think what a lot of, like, Western films lose in their spectacle is the discipline behind it in the sense of John Wick there's a lot of discipline in that choreography like what what Keanu Reeves did was very disciplined in the fact that it's disciplined it also is because his character that's what his character is Mm -hmm. his character is it's it's tied to it but the characters of the guys in the Fast and the Furious movies, not so much. You know what I mean? There's, there's like, no, used to the, be. like, used yeah, to be tied to like, it. so it, it's yeah. there's like that emotional truth with the character and what they're doing that's tied in that we lose in a lot of these American Hollywood films that is so perfect and so just executed so well in in Chinese films and that's why that's why I enjoy watching action films whether it's whether it's in you know Korean or China or Japanese because they have it right they understand that violence isn't necessarily something that is just fun to watch that it could actually also bring it, it's an emotion. Violence is also an emotion, yeah, right, um, yeah. which it's just it's cooler. It's more interesting to watch. I, I was thinking about that at the end of Hero, when he decides he's not going to kill the king guy, um, and I thought in an American film he would have to get out of here, like he would have to um, fight his way out. Yeah, you know. But in this film there's so much like respect that goes into the violence and like the type of violence you know that that they're doing that you know everybody just kind of lets him go and they they encourage the king to assassinate him and you get this really bizarre scene that's that's a lot like the life of brian scene where like the whole town <laughs> yeah it's like, like watching like, a... talking to the thing uh but here it was just so beautiful that the entire town was talking to it and it totally it was like monty python makes it a joke uh but you, you know, I don't know. There's just so much, like, you're right. There's so much, like, respect, you know, to, like, the story, you know, and even just to, like, what what it means to tell a story and not just, like, blow our brains out with explosions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is so weird because Asian countries love that shit. Yeah. Like, they love Transformers, so it makes me wonder, like, maybe they, like, want 
like the same what we get out of their big hits like this um, is is something a little bit different. Some you know, but what they get out of our Transformers films is maybe something similar. Like they just want to turn their brain off and, and go, or they just I mean, want to see that big fucking that spectacle. spectacle. I mean, I think yeah, yeah the spectacle. You know, it's interesting though because I think it, culture does have a lot to do with it. I mean, Americans we like kind of the simplified like like you know Shia LaBeouf encounters an issue and then he has to go conquer it. It's simple. It's an American kind of thing, yeah. right? It's like let's yeah. conquer it, let's do it, let's like head first go into it but then in China it's more like honor there's more face you know like and so I think it's just the fact that one culture is just kind of intrigued by the other culture you know because we grew up with that head fast head first mentality we're just kind of uh, uh, interested in something that we don't know Mm -hmm. and then they themselves are like oh it's so simple what these Americans do it's I want I wish I could live my life like that that I could live in a um, a culture whatever that if I just put my head first I could actually conquer you know because it's not quite like that so it's I think maybe that's what it is it's simple but I think I think that could just be that could be it (laughs) I wonder if they look at films like Hero and think oh that's simple you you know but like these American films they're a little more complex like these characters are um, trying to uh, do things like like they're 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 going they're going into situations where maybe they're like not ready for you know yeah like they they haven't like learned how to do it I don't I don't know I mean I think I, I bet like I bet that yeah. just with because of the honor and stuff like that a lot of the audience right. members just like cooked into their brain yeah like, yeah like they yeah. weren't surprised that Jet Li decided to not kill the guy you know yeah. like like okay he did the right thing he didn't kill him you know um and he, he died like it they were he like died a hero and, right yeah, yeah. yeah. but then so, like if he did. But yeah. then, like, yeah. you know, watching Transformers, like, oh, my God, I can't believe Shia LaBeouf actually made him, his character, uh, uh, how how could anybody make themselves look a fool in so many people's eyes before he was able to conquer it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And win. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just interesting. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love those thoughts. Um, real quick, do you want to do a quick little roundtable? Uh, oh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's it do sucks because, you know, we kind of change the format, which means we don't get to talk as much as uh, things like I want to talk about, like the long taken hard boiled. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, what was that? The whole scene in the hospital. Oh, Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's one of. If you search for top ten long takes in cinema history, Hard Boiled always appears on that. Yeah, because it's like uh, two and a half minutes long or something. Yeah, part we could, we could probably we could probably talk about it. I mean, if like I feel like if a listener was like, "I'm done with this," they can just turn off the podcast right now. <laughs> I like to do the roundtable thing though at the end, where we kind of do the guests oh, okay. and stuff. But maybe we can come back to it at the end of a long take. Well, you do whatever. I, I mean, know. we'll do whatever. I would say <laughs> it's really easy to look up. Um, there's a lot of stuff on how they did it because uh, basically what they the, the real, most interesting part about the long take is essentially that they uh, when they go into the elevator, there's like a 20 minute window where the whole crew had to reset this because it's on the same floor, so they had to reset the whole set. Um, 
which is why it looks kind of a little bit dirty or whatever. So they did 20 seconds where they reset everything, and then they go back out of the elevator and start shooting things up again. Um, this is the most insane, super. It's cool just the most insane thing ever. Like honestly, because they're like talking to each other in the elevator, and just knowing that behind those doors, there's probably like 70 people quickly like moving yeah. walls and shit, and people yeah. like yeah. putting like yeah. it's just like what? The whole. I bet they're just like pulling the floor. Like I bet it's like a giant rug, and they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> underneath is like probably an entirely new floor. I bet you that's. But like, I mean, the camera hides so much too. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The whole the whole hospital sequence is is pretty cool with the guy with the eye patch and, yeah. and the the shooting and stuff. The but, whole movie only six million bucks. Like it's seriously, crazy. it's yeah. crazy. It's a good. It's a great it's movie. Impressive. It's a great movie. Um, and definitely yeah. should be watched. Uh, but I, I do want to do a quick roundtable, um, and we can be super fast on our on our reasoning behind the the choices or whatever. Um, who wants to go? Yeah. Who wants to go first? Uh, let's do Byron first. Oh, okay. Shit. Um, <laughs> I think I, I get the feeling that this is going to be a sort of obvious for everyone. Uh, maybe that's just me, but I think hero is your, is your choice. Um, <laughs> I just think hero, it, it's, I don't know. You're super into the gun kata and everything else, but I think, I think hero just kind of tapped into things a little bit cool, more. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with hero too. Um, I think, I think this is a tough one, but I think you're you're such a s- sucker for uh, like really nice like cinematography, and it's a slow and burn too. Yeah, the slow yeah. burn also just it's it's basically like color porn. The color like that it, yeah, is insane, man. Yeah, so I mean it's insane. Like like each scene there's like a color you know like they like blue and it's like a very simple color. yeah so, yeah okay green for this scene and everything is like a different shade of green and also like a different like luminance of green yeah too, yeah you know so it's like they're all like in the same hue yeah almost but they're, they're like they're almost in the same hue they're just like different like one's a little bit right. um more black or white yeah you know? um so I think I think it was that just just honestly I bet you I bet you would still enjoy the film if you just turned off all the music and listened to it in silence. I, I think you would still pick that God for her. Damn it! Boiled. God damn it! You guys are both right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's totally consistent. Yeah, I think you know uh, it, it is in, totally in general. I think. Hero, I like better. Um, I it just has great soundtrack, great cinematography, great acting. It's just all together. It's just, it's just really good. There wasn't anything that that. You know, like with Hard Boiled, I love that. I love Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled is a great movie. Don't get it me wrong. I, I love that movie. It's so much fun. Um, but there are parts of it that take me out a little bit, just because tonally, you know, like some of the scenes with the with the girl, um, it, it just kind of takes you away from how, like, it, you know. It, it just t- took me out a little bit. It's yeah. some of the kind of the cheesiness of it. Um, but there are parts of Hard Boiled that are so good. And I love that jazz kind of sad score that they have in there. That if the whole movie was kind of like that, where it's like this kind of like slow burn, kind of uh, sad, jazzy kind of feel to it. And then it just kind of built up to this big, yeah. crazy. I then I might have liked it, would have liked it more than Hero. But I think Hero um, is a movie that will um, age better. 
I think that's part of the reason why I like it so much. I think it's a good point. Yeah, I think I think it has definitely aged way better. Yeah, like you can kind of tell. I couldn't. I don't think I could really tell what like year hero was. Yeah, I mean the CGI like with the the water and stuff. Still, it's it's it's. Well, but I mean, but it's not that bad though. Like that's what I mean. I thought it aged pretty well for for 2002. Like, I mean, you look at some of the really terrible special effects, even in like the first X Men film in 2001. Like Terminator, (laughs) they just don't hold up. This one. Considering how, like, quote, natural everything kind of looked, it held up pretty good. Totally. Yeah. Uh, let's guess for Jacob. I think, uh, I think <laughs> Hero, honestly. Like, we spent, <laughs> yeah, I think Hero, I think just the color of it, you know, um, the editing of it was super solid. Uh, I think it's... I don't know. I think it's just more your type of movie. I don't. I don't think you have a problem with hard boiled, but I, th- I don't think the gun kata portion is as up your alley as the the wuxia funness of it all. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I would have to go with Hero too. However, I think you probably did find hard boiled super fun because it is a fun movie. But at the same time, I don't know how how <laughs> like how like into like that much action you are I don't know I um I I think this might be the first film that we've seen that has is this kind of purely just a lot of action to it um even though there's some big stretches of the film that aren't you know no action yeah. happens but uh but I, I think maybe 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 a little bit you felt that maybe towards the end that it was just like okay there's a little a little we're repeating ourselves with some of this action maybe <laughs> like, but I could be wrong I could be wrong <laughs> how many times can the SWAT guys climb up the building and get shot exactly exactly um, <laughs> right. so I, I picture you maybe getting a little um, tired of some of it but yet but yet enjoying it um for what it is it, but i think maybe you just appreciate hero more but that's yeah this is what i think uh yeah you, you guys are both actually spot on with with not only with hero being my favorite of the two but also like your reason for it uh both of you guys are right um uh, hero is just like really good and i i really like Wuxia or whatever the shit that is called. Like, I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, that movie's fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> and I wish there was more. And I, I was really excited to see Great Wall, and, and I was disappointed that it didn't get very good audience or critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Um, but I still want to watch it, uh, just because it seems like it is kind of pulling from... It has that same, like, color porn kind of style, and um, I just I loved just the wardrobe of everybody just how they content they they said fuck it to everything and just like based everything in like one color for the entire <laughs> scene like i just thought that was really cool and it just it, you know plus like the music and stuff you know it's just like a i like the slow burn yeah, yeah. You know? i like understated movies see you know things you have to sit and watch to really understand i like that but i also i like hard-boiled like i like john wick you know yeah but um I would totally watch a hero, hero over. Sorry, I would watch a Wuxia film over a, a, a 
gun kata thing. Also, uh, Max Payne, the, the video games are based off of Hard Boiled, like that style oh, yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. gameplay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But, man, Hard Boiled is damned impressive. Like, the, um, Super even, impressive. Like, some of the set, like, what they cut to is really interesting. Like, the opening set piece cutting to, like, the bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even, like, the whole, how the tea shop is, like, a bird tea shop. Yeah. Like, cutting to the panicking birds was really interesting. And even, like, their creativity with, like, how to, like, fight with a motorcycle is, like, really freaking cool. Also... You know? And it was really impressive and really held my Like, also how long those scenes go on for. Yeah, yeah. fight scenes go yeah. on for so long. It took, like, over 40 days to film the hospital scene. It's like, 40 <laughs> days. Dude, That's over yeah. a month. <laughs> Some films are entirely shot in 40 days. Uh, here's a... I don't know what this is going to sound like, but this is the, the uh, Oxford... Online dictionary pronunciation of Wuxia. 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 Okay. Wuxia. 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 Yeah. Wuxia. Yeah. I love the the cutting, the editing of the slow motion and the fast motion, or regular motion, I guess. Um it was really seamlessly done and you could tell that he was inspired by Sam Peckinpah like even with the whole yeah. Sam Peckinpah loved to cut uh, with like dying animals or insects and then see and then so that was the whole thing with the birds in the cage and then just the, the metaphor of these criminals and uh, police that are all in this one little contained area and they're all trapped and mm-hmm. just like these birds it's kind of cool yeah. a little overhand, overhanded a little bit but it, it was still fun to yeah still still fun that's it heavy handed still fun to watch oh yeah for sure but I just like the creativity of all of them. oh definitely totally. like, even like the like I've seen you've seen the gun you know like the box of flowers or whatever with the gun in it like you see that everywhere but like I don't I don't remember a movie that came up before Hard Boiled where I saw that. Terminator. Yeah, because I, yeah, I read that the ter- oh, that but I heard that, too. that Yeah, because I read that Terminator and Hard Boiled came out the same year and that they were they both came up with it at the same time. Oh yeah, without but, knowing about without it. Without knowing yeah. about it, yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of which is kind of cool. Seeing like really inventive action because like the, uh, if you're making an action movie, you have to have inventive action, you know, like because if you don't, then. It's gonna suck. Yeah, and people who go see action movies are gonna be like, "What the hell? Yeah. I've already seen this." Uh, but this one just felt uh, particularly unique. Yeah, to me. And that motorcycle <laughs> stuff, man, that was so dope. That guy, that fucking <laughs> motorcycle. Oh, that guy, that like he's like he slides off of it and he like stands up yeah. and he's shooting. <laughs> the guy was oh, a baddest man. He steals the whole fucking movie for me, man. And then yeah. you know his whole yeah. thing in the in the hospital is great too. But yeah, that yeah. guy's the, badass. The triad guy. Yeah. The, the, yeah. You're talking about the eye patch guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that guy is fucking <laughs> who, sick. Who lives up to his his ethics and is like, no, you can't kill innocent people, yeah, yeah. douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns his back on his his cool master. Or yeah, whatever. It's pretty yeah. sweet. Uh, so now we get to yeah. Uh, you know, for Keith, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> motorcycle. Guns. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go gun uh, gun foo on you uh, and I, I think it's going to be the the spectacle of it it's going to be just kind of like everything's like super practical you know like all the effects and stuff it and is all practical I, I, huh? yeah. yeah I think you can really appreciate the the long take first of all but um, 
I think in the end, like when you go see a movie, you're 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 looking for something to like really impress you, and I feel like this movie really impressed you, and maybe you're not. Uh, yeah, you like yeah, you're just you you like that practical action, you know. I think I think you're into that and uh yeah. I'm just that's I think that's it. You like the practical action. Um yeah, I think I think also you'd probably pick hard boiled. Um I think you were impressed with Hero. I mean, Hero is such a beautifully crafted movie, but I think uh hard boiled there's something about you know, this is kind of simple to say, but I think there's something about just the good guys versus the bad guys. Not that it's not that it's because it's good guys this time. Because John Woo t- typically always goes with the gangsters against the police. But this one's different. But I think it's just that that idea of these two forces that are kind of you know have to f- just basically it's simple. Just have, you have to fucking just shoot it out. Just the simplicity. Yeah. <laughs> the simplicity of that. The fact that they just have to shoot it out. That that there is no. There is no uh, negotiation. I think you like that. The, the, it's, the, 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 simpl- the simplicity of the, like it's just just Stop pure shoot. pure violence, yeah. pure violence, and, and just how fun that could be to watch. Yeah. Um, it, it makes way yeah. more, like more interesting uh, set pieces. Yes, know? like because you're not bogged down by any of like the maybe like character things that would happen in Hero, right? It, you get to have like these larger set pieces, these longer, more impressive production. Like it's a very impressive. Pr- its production is way more impressive yeah. than Hero ever is going to be. I think that and and ha- and, that, and have that be practical. It just makes it all the yeah. way. It's just all the yeah, just more think, up your alley. Like I can see your boner from over. It's not for that film. It's for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, you're very hard boy. <laughs> oh, goddamn it! Um, <laughs> fuck. Are we both wrong? <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, hero. Uh, it's my, my choice. Uh, we barely know. A couple, a couple of reasons. The music, first of all, oh, yeah. um, was just the music. epic. The music, is that a compliment or an insult? No, the music is beautiful in, in yeah. Hero. Oh, okay. Really in, beautiful. Um, yeah. I, in yeah. fact, like I, I have to use that that instrument in a film. Like yeah, It's yeah. so so good. Um, the cinematography, obviously. like that, that scene with snow and moon fighting yeah. in that where the leaves are falling and everything's yellow and when they go above the trees even that like like, where did you guys shoot this they they shot that in Mongolia like that's insane dude yeah (laughs) so on the thing on the trivia thing it freaking it said that they filmed that in Mongolia they had like local tribes pick golden leaves for the scene because like they had to film it in a particular part of the season for the, those Clearly, leaves yeah. and then they had tribes pick up leaves and then the director was so like OCD about it that they would have all the leaves separated in three different categories from being like super yellow to like brownish so that the brown leaves would be in the further part of away from the lens oh. so you can get the really saturated so it's like holy fuck like, yeah. <laughs> like that scene crazy. was mind blowing in terms of the set yeah. um, but also the palace when you know when Jelly's walking up the stairs and just yeah. having all the like thousands of actors that they had or hundreds of yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was um, really cool. I saw that and I was like, "Oh, yeah." And then that was my immediate thought. like when they're when they're all riding yeah. in to to go shoot the arrows and everything. And I just I'm I'm a huge I just I love 
cheesy kung fu like and just the the, the airborne ridiculousness and, yeah um and i don't when I watch movies, I don't usually get caught up in the emotion, but man, Hero really yeah, got yeah, to go. Yeah. Hero like, really like, just touched me. I was like, dude, I could, I could be emotional about yeah, this. Yeah, like, cool. I dude, could. You, how many episodes? This is the episode 38? <laughs> 39. 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is your first emotion? Yeah, I know. I, I know. It doesn't this. happen often, but man, Hero really <laughs> was like, I could feel myself getting really sad towards the end of it, just the whole, oh, the whole thing. Um, I, uh, I, I got water. In yeah. It. I didn't cry because I'm not a. I'm not a <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but the, just the way it's shot, dude, like the symmetry of it is so nice. Yeah. I really, really love symmetry a lot. Um, and so that was nice. And just the sets, the colors, and I like the actors and everything. And it's. I, it's just one of those movies. If, if for a first-time filmmaker, just to watch it, just to see what a director, how how important it is to have a, a director direct a movie, yeah, because there's a the vision, yeah, yeah. visual, exactly. It's yeah. so visual. Um, Even like their the like production design of this movie yeah. was like, like I don't. They were there's some very very bold choices made that I don't think if if the director was just like oh whatever. You know, do do whatever you want. Like that's not what yeah, come out. Of exactly. This. Like, this is like a director working very, very closely with the production designer, deciding what the color palette of the movie is going to be in every single scene. It's and the cinematographer to make sure those colors are coming exactly, out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like that shit is really hard to do. It's so bold to, to be like this whole scene will be red. This yeah. whole scene yeah. will be blue. Like it's yeah. so. It's sometimes you because it, it rides that line of being childish or, yeah. or amateur almost. You know, but oh, yeah. but in this case it was like, so. Crayola. Exactly, yeah. but it was so like distinctive because it was part of the story, you know, telling yeah, each person's yeah. perspective. Um, even like in the green room when they're all green, like even the guy that Broken Sword is fighting is like a very dark shade of green. Yeah, exactly. You know? But it, it appears to be black, but it is actually like a dark shade of green. The scene is great. And it's yeah. freaking yeah. yeah. Um Hard Boiled is great though. I really, really yeah. dug Hard Boiled. I liked both these films a lot. Um just the whole thing. I it kind of the pacing of it was a little in, inconsistent, I right. think. Um which kind of you know, a, a markdown, I guess. Um, I would give Hard Boiled probably four out of five. Actually, I did give it a four out of five. But Hero is like six out of five. Hero cool, is like cool. that. Yeah. Feel, I have seen, seen it once before when I was younger. Um, but right now, I would say it's approaching my top ten. Sweet, sweet. Like of all time, That's like cool. that film just really touched something, you know, and like just good. really. Dude, me, me too. It was so good. Like, it totally hit. Was this the first time you had seen it, level. Jacob? I think I saw it a long time ago in high school. Oh, okay. Um, when you don't necessarily care or get what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, like, understand yeah. it. Like, I think now, like, it just it hit me on a different level. And, um, you know, like, I think it's, like, up there with a bunch of other films that, like, emotionally resonate with Totally. Me, you know? Yeah, totally. It's one of those films that the first time I watched it, I know I didn't get it. Like, I didn't realize that they were different stories. Like, I was just so... Intrigued? Oh, you didn't get. Like, I don't lot. think so. I was so yeah. into just the music and the splendor of it all that I yeah. was just like, "Whoa, that's cool! Look at that!" And then I think like three days later, I watched it again because <laughs> I was like, 
I, I there's a hole that I am not getting, you know, like plot wise with this movie. Like the theme, of exactly. This movie. So yeah, if, I watch it again. If you keep up with it on a line by line basis, and yeah. it jumps to another scene where it goes from red to blue, you're going to be like, "What the yeah. fuck? Like, why is it blue now? Yeah, like, like yeah. that guy died. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, how is that guy alive? Yeah, I, um, yeah. So yeah, like I, I don't know. Like, hero. I, I, I wanted to watch it again right away. Like, yeah. I would have, I would have. If I had the time, I yeah. would have watched it twice yeah. in a row because it's just. I, I think it's I'm not gonna good. sit down with Tiff and watch. Yeah, it. sweet. Because like, like I have movies that I, I have like a list. I'm like, hey, in our lifetime, I need to watch these with movies with you. And like, I think I'm gonna put that on there. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, because like it's like just that emotionally like I connect with absolutely it's so good and regardless of whether she connects with movies at all I just wanted to watch yeah. but like you know we watch like Groundhog's Day and Primer and Scott Pilgrim and Toy Story you know? yeah which she's seen Toy Story obviously but um, you know I have this <laughs> I definitely want to get the soundtrack for it like the OST yeah um, just cause it's just oh, yeah. so the, the mix Gorgeous. between the drums and then I don't know what the instrument is called that they is the majority of the soundtrack I, I, um, yeah. I think the old guy yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like a sitar. But it's, it's not a sitar. It's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's the music. Just it, it's, it's a, be- it's just beautiful. It's really just a beautiful film uh, on every level. And whether or not you like the genre, it's certainly worth the watch. Um, I think, I think a lot of people will find it that they won't like it. But I mean, at the same time, I think it's worth it to to watch. Honestly, it if you don't like a movie with Maggie Chung in it, then you, you <laughs> just need to just leave. <laughs> she's she she makes every movie. I swear that she's in. And then also, just in case people didn't realize this, Alan in Hard Boiled, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Tony Chi or Chu? Tony Long, yeah. Tony I think most. I think in most he, of the films, he just goes by Tony Long. So it's kind of weird that. And so, so Tony Long, he's Alan. He's the undercover agent in Hard Boiled. He is Broken Sword in Hero. Um, so that was an accident as well. I, I did not know. Yeah, that. he he was ten years ten years later, and he has facial hair, so he looks a bit different. But uh, he, yeah, he also plays. Uh, he also plays the Grandmaster in the Grandmaster, which is the same Grandmaster that's like in Hitman. Oh, okay, I nice. think. Yeah, nice, yeah. yeah. I nice. think that was probably the first time in history Grandmaster was used three times in. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Grandmaster. Grandmaster. Who played I was Grandmaster. listening to Grandmaster Flash the other day. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a cool little fun. <laughs> no, this was. It honestly wasn't. This honestly was an accidental pairing. I just two movies I want. I hadn't seen Hard Boiled before, um, and I wanted to rewatch Hero. So those are what I landed on, and it was uh, ended up being a cool pairing. Good yeah, pairing. really good pairing. Byron said he yeah. watched it back to back. And it was a super good idea to do that. Yeah, so. no, I literally I had like yeah. ten minutes in between each film. Nice. Yeah, that's what I watched in both yeah. today. I did the nice. same. What'd you watch first? Uh, I watched um, Hero first. Oh, I watched Hardboiled. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, I watched Hardboiled in order. I watched Hardboiled first, then Hero. Because I, um, I had, I've seen both these movies a couple of times. Um, Hero more, so I wanted to get Hero out of the way first, just because I had seen oh, it yeah. more. Um, and then you need the fresh Hardboiled. Yeah, and then Hardboiled. Yeah. I 
yeah, it would wake you know wakes me up. <laughs> not not that when, not that I was not that I was that I was sleeping with Hero. It's just you know it's different. It's it's I, yeah. I can, One is cranked up to Hero, and the other is yeah you know. yeah. What you're trying to say is when you sometimes when you wake up you are hard boy. Like and you have to like you know not sometimes every time. <laughs> every, morning, every morning you got your morning boil. <laughs> morning morning what am I trying to say? morning boil. We gotta, we gotta cut Jacob off before he goes yeah. too far off track. I'll just, I'll just stop recording. <laughs> oh. uh, I think I should probably retire the angel joke because I always forget to do it. Ha, I just included it. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> They were kind of angelic and hero. You know, that's what you should yeah, have said. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they were like floating around like angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah. So we all landed on hero, but definitely take a watch. Or, you know, watch both of these films because they're great. Yeah. Um, and if you hate Asian movies, Jet Li is a, a, about as American as. It gets he's kind of on the same level as Jackie Chan, you know. Yeah, and, you know he's yeah. in Expendables and and yeah. Black Panther. I like Jet Li. I have no Jet Li's cool. I, I like Fearless. Fearless is a great movie, dude. Yeah. I love Fearless. Like, yeah, yeah. Fearless is good. That was his last. That was a, the last film that he. What was it? He said it would be his last film as as a or last martial arts film. Oh, wow! Or something for Fearless oh. because the I message is Fearless. The message and the theme of it. Um, yeah. he, said, he was kind of I like it kind of completed it. his what he needed to say, I think. Um, but Fearless, Fearless wow. is a great movie. Um, and then you know, more cheesy is like Black Mask and stuff. Yeah, and, but, and Jelly I have, and the one uh, Jelly's good. <laughs> I haven't seen the one. Oh yeah, the one. The yeah, but, yeah. I, I, I like uh, and, I like Jelly. And the Mummy Three. Face it's off, Mummy Three. Yeah, oh, shit. that's funny. Everyone just that movie just came out, and everyone pretended like it never came out. <laughs> I don't know. It was funny. Heard of it. Yeah, Palace. I think is what I Jet Li's Mummy, good. Huh. Yeah, I don't even know if I heard of that one. But yeah, I like him for sure. Yeah. Um, I like all the actors in all of this. You know, Chow Yun Fat. He's kind of up there too. Like he's one of those people. I think that people don't necessarily know his name, but when they see him, they recognize. Yeah, him. yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, that's yeah, like, exactly. He's yeah, the guy in the third uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie is he <laughs> yeah he's uh shit. he's at the beginning he's the chinese uh pirate oh, uh weird. lord yeah random yeah, yeah. Oh, what the hell but, in at world's end in the third one yeah yeah wow. breaking out of the is that when they're breaking out at the beginning it's uh is like he, out of the, yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah hmm. wow huh. um i like that movie. and then t- I, like, I like the third one's the best one i think yeah, I like At World's End. I thought I thought people gave the those two sequels a a hard time. I think the third one is by far the best, like by far. Really? Like I I give the others like, you know, 7 out of 10. I give I give the third one 9, maybe 9 and a half out of 10. Whoa, yeah. well, that's high. It is high. It is high. high. It was uh I mean, usually the third movie is like the struggle, you know. Uh, in any like trilogy, right. but I thought At World's End really fucking nailed it. Yeah, for sure. In in a Return of the King kind of way, like, definitely. Yeah, like how it just closes it off. You know, I think it was very satisfying. I think I've only ever seen the first two, and the I third just, one's so good. It gets all weird. Care. There's like this whole thing where Jack Sparrow is like tripping and stuff. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> really, oh, no, that's how it starts. I was like never really super interested in those movies from the get go. Anyway, so 
but that's just they me. are a pirate. I'm a sucker for I booty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I don't like I don't like yeah. any popular movies, so you know, can't uh, can't watch those. Um, <laughs> can't watch. No. <laughs> Except for Fast and Furious, though, right? That's yeah. a guilty pleasure. Yeah, guilty yeah. pleasure. See, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean is guilty. Pleasure. I watch. I don't. I watch them because you I've seen Star all Wars. of them before, and it was just kind of yeah. like, well. I watched Star Wars, but like I didn't watch The Force Awakens until like you that's know, true until the podcast. <laughs> So, I still haven't seen Rogue One. I haven't gone back and rewatched. Like I, the most recent one before that was A New Hope. Oh that yeah, was a yeah. long time I haven't ago. Haven't seen Rogue One, but you know about the not Samoan guy. Yeah, I've How seen all the trailers and stuff. I've seen trailers. Oh and, shit! And images you, oh and, man, you haven't seen Rogue One? No, I dude, watch it. Watch Rogue One only for Mass Mikkelsen. I think I will like Rogue One because people say it's more of a war movie. So I don't yeah. like war movies. So yeah. but I'll, get, I'll go around to it. But um, it's very like uh, it's a war movie, but it also like caters to the Star yeah, Wars totally. video game audience. Hmm. Like I feel like it's more caters to them than to the cinema audience yeah I'll have to check it out then um, anyway it's, it's on Netflix so I definitely will at some point um, but uh, if you have any I think we should uh, end it here we've gone quite a bit longer than we intended to but that's okay it was a good discussion yeah um, yeah Byron <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault I'm the, I'm the, the third I'm, I'm the third the least the, the third wait wait no okay god damn it I can't even talk the, I am the least favorite admire your, your swap <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm, the least, right. I'm, the oh least, I'm the least favorite of the three. Oh. <laughs> You're gonna have like oh, it'll, we're gonna get like we're gonna get people hit. talking and it's all of a sudden it's gonna be like all the chicks are gonna be like, dude Byron is what's up? Like we just love Byron yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> be, uh, Well we had our we had record breaking um Listeners, this week. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. 200. Yeah. 200 listens. Freaking That's pretty crazy. cool. That's yeah. pretty big for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of them in Tokyo. For sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I that also, is, maybe they'll like this episode. I'll get to that. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so, if you have any fact, or if you have any questions, topic suggestions, opinions, or if you have any facts, corrections, you know, if you have any double bills back to back that you want us to watch, uh, send an email to btvfilmspodcast at gmail.com. We're always trying to learn new things. So we'd love to hear from you. You can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any past episodes. Um, you can also check out the different things we're posting on there. Um, the Weekend Recommends that'll be coming out is going to be um, a listener Weekend Recommends, so check that one out. Uh, all of our episodes can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.com slash Films. If you like the show, please rate it because it helps others find us. Um, our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com. Did you guys know that Chow Yun Fat has a son? <laughs> Chow Yun Skinny? Yeah. Sorry. His name is Chow Yun Did Skinny. I kill your joke for you? No, I, I wanted to do that. Oh, that was pretty fucking good. I'm not going to lie. Hopefully it did get better. I told you. You, you definitely redeemed yourself on that one. <laughs> you also thought of that, like... 
four seconds ago, and I was like, oh, Dude, should I? <laughs> you're never going to be the top Blade Runner one, though. <laughs> Fuck you, Skinner. Well, it's because it's, like, it's like cooked. Into yeah, exactly. The, exactly. You know? uh, this uh, one's up there, though. This one's pretty good. That was good. Well, that was, hopefully, awesome. we get a list and we go through and just Frank Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jokes from first to worst. Uh, yeah. Most of them will be in the worst column. I think. Um, I think that's fair to say. Well, one has to be one has to be first. So. One has yeah. to be number yeah. one. Yeah. It'll just be the best of all the worst. Uh, next week we'll be talking frame rates, a little more, getting a little more technical again, which would be nice. Uh, with the two Thank films, God. I've been dying for yeah, it would be nice because it's been a while. Yeah, um, it'd be sweet. With the two films around the world in eighty days, the nineteen fifty six version, and which that's no, there's multiple, right? Yeah, I think 19, there is. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one that came out like in the late. 90s okay. Or early so this is the 1956 yeah. movie that we're talking about, and mm-hmm. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which I've never heard of. So that'll be interesting. It came out maybe two or three years ago, and it had it had something crazy like 200 frames. Per it came out. I believe like it came that. out last year. Oh, yeah. last year it was okay. an Ang Lee movie. Oh, weird. Yeah, so Crouching Tiger, Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yeah. Hidden Dragon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, but it was kind of an experiment on his part to like shoot something with that kind of style. Okay. And we, we might even I haven't seen it but it might come up to The Hobbit because um, there was a lot of controversy and talk around The Hobbit's We'll definitely rates. talk about The Hobbit um, yeah because of that 48 yeah, frames per exactly. second. But I thought most people have seen The Hobbit I kind of put this episode together a little bit um and picked the movies and really pushed pushed these two movies instead of you guys were like sure whatever um, but uh, but yeah I thought Billy Lynn would be better because it's like so way up here as far as frame rates yeah we want the extreme plus, plus most people have seen The Hobbit so yeah. like, let's, why don't we talk about something that isn't super uh, something that hasn't just been pl- like destroyed with with by people up totally uh, yeah. so Around the World in 80 Days 1956 and Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk Uh, Make sure you check those films out to be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.